fucking salty. You touch it. It's salt. My hand is covered in salt. It's definitely beautiful. The Himalayan Salt Lamp Podcast. Recorded from a three-bedroom apartment in Bushwick. This is 30 bucks, and it's definitely the most beautiful thing in my whole apartment. Get this going. Himalayan Salt Lamp Podcast. I'm here with my guest, Kathy Hume. Fumes like fumes. Fumes like fumes. That's what I always tell people. <laughs> That's what the bullies would say, so, you know, just, I'm, I'm, reta- I'm reclaiming that, you know, <laughs> and using it as a pronunciation guide. Hell yeah. So you're a very uh, funny comedian. You live in Brooklyn, right? I do, yeah. I live uh, in Flatbush. Flatbush. Yes, indeed. Want to hear? Want to hear a bad joke that like a, a dirty old man? And I love told bad me? jokes. Okay, this is like a this this old man would come into the restaurant I used to work at, and he said, uh, "What does a girl in stockings in Brooklyn have in common? They both got a flat bush." Uh. Uh, <laughs> New York specific joke. Uh, yeah, but it's it's uh, it's nice down there. It's a pretty cute neighborhood. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I love Brooklyn. I feel like that area is like real Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, it's like I like it just because um, it's really close to Prospect Park. So yeah. like, I, I used to live in a place with like a backyard, and so now that I don't have that anymore, it's nice to have just like somewhere I can run around. And... So you can just pretend the whole part like you're a billionaire. Totally. And you're like, oh, I have to go to the ice skating rink. <laughs> it is my... like two blocks from my house, so it's like it feels like as close to you having should... it in your backyard as you can. You should tell people that you have an ice skating rink in your backyard. <laughs> I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start telling people that and telling. Like, listen, if you move to my neighborhood, we're going to go to my private skating rink. It's yeah. going to be sweet. There, there's a, I mean, then they have, like, paddle boats and stuff. Like, so I should just start claiming that all as my own. Well, where are you from originally? Uh, I grew up in Virginia, but I have lived in New York since I was 18. So I've been oh, here cool. for 10 years, actually. On Wednesday, I think, was my anniversary. Nice. Yeah. yeah. 10 years. You're like a real New Yorker. Uh, I mean, that's what they say. They're like, oh, 10 years and like you, uh, you finally officially are a New Yorker. But like all my friends who grew up here, I think have like a little bit of an edge on me because they have family who lives here. And I think that that's like, like. That's it, New Yorker, New York. Yeah. That's like when you're really New York is like your whole family's here and you've got the accent and the whole thing. Totally. Um. Yeah, so when you go back to Virginia, you can just be like, uh, New York's not that hard, okay? I have an ice skating rink in my backyard, and I do stand-up comedy, okay? And I've been near a salt lamp. <laughs> yeah, so, a real salt lamp, actually. Not to brag salt. or yeah, anything. Yeah, so um, thanks for um, transitioning into that. <laughs> Did you like that segue? Yeah, um, <laughs> so this is the Himalayan Salt Lamp Podcast. It is a podcast about a lamp. Um it's about more than that. You know, life is not just about the things that you are aiming for. Like, stand-up comedy isn't just about stand-up. Right. There's it's, other things. It's about, like, human connection and communication. And it's there's, like, a social element to it. Communicating, yes, absolutely. Right. New York isn't just about buildings. It's not just a bunch of buildings in a, in a train. There's people and their it's lives. It's lives, the, yeah, absolutely. And the drama and the... The pizza and the bagels. <laughs> and the, the water yeah. the, that makes the bagels and the pizza. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, and I think uh, I like that idea that the, the salt lamp symbolizes. The, the, the podcast. It's like, 
you know, it, it, it's like an alien. It's kind of like ancient looking, like <laughs> calming and just kind of warm and beautiful. Yeah. And I, like the second I uh, decided to get one, I was like, I love this lamp so much. Should I start a podcast around this lamp? Where did you hear about it originally? I honestly don't know. I think I had seen ads for them right. like on Facebook and Pinterest and around. But one morning I woke up and I don't know why it just came, literally came up out of nowhere. I was like, I need a salt lamp. Yeah. And it just, and then, I mean, I, I was, I was doing a little bit of research pre-show. I'm not going to lie. I like, I Googled salt lamps and then I, I, I read a little bit and then I Googled salt lamp science <laughs> after that, just to see like where the divide is and yeah, people yeah. who like think a certain thing about it's it. It's controversial. It is. Yeah. No, I was, I was, I was doing a little research, but I think they, they seem like I, the ones I actually am fond of. I like this one a lot, which is sort of the one that looks like a, a rock, but I also like those spherical ones. Oh, the moon lamps. Yeah, just because they look like a crystal ball. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. you would feel like you're a fortune teller or something if you had one of those. Dude, um, I've thought about getting a moon lamp. I like those. They're pretty. And they kind of, I feel like, would complement each other, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, they'd be, like, sending off different ions into the air <laughs> that would, you know, be intermingling and double your ions. Double your fun. Double your ions, double your fun. Do you think the ion thing is real? So I was telling you, I was reading in the science of this a little bit, and what they were saying was, is that in order to ionize sodium from chlorine, which I guess is what salt is made of, um, it has to be heated to like 1500 degrees Fahrenheit or something like that, which I guess uh, like a small watt bulb isn't capable of doing. Yeah. So they were they were saying that it was more like they were speculating that it was probably not possible for a low wattage bulb to get it hot enough to actually right. be ionizing it very significantly yeah. but it's like you know uh the, the other thing that is though is the placebo effect is a very real thing mm-hmm. and so i think like if it makes you think that you feel healthier then there's a good chance that could actually improve your health just by your mind thinking that you know like so totally I mean people come up with it's like I think I actually think religion was or was originally created as a survival tactic absolutely absolutely well and I think I have kind of this weird uh like I think there's still a stigma around like um like holistic medicine and stuff like that for me because I grew up with a my mom was like very like anti-new agey stuff like she didn't like uh, like, you know, horoscopes or like any of that kind of like tarot stuff. She, Cause she grew up super Catholic. And so all that stuff is associated with like the devil to her or whatever. But like, then she raised me really Christian, which is just its own set of like weird rituals where you're like drinking wine and eating bread yeah. and like d- crossing yourself and doing all these weird sort of like <laughs> rituals that d- achieve the same effect pretty much like they make you feel good and make you feel like you're going to get something good in your life from that or and whatever. And wine and bread like by themselves make you feel good. Yeah. Okay, so if you were to have something a food represent your body and a liquid represent your blood, what would it be? Whoa, that yeah. is a really good question. Damn. Okay, well if I'm just going like favorite things, then probably pizza, I think. 
uh, is my food, just because that's like my so that would be the body of Kathy. Food. The body of Kathy would be cheese pizza. And I love that. Nice. <laughs> this is a good. You should ask everyone this question. It's like, what would their <laughs> bodily sacrament be if they were if they were a prophet or whatever? Um, and I don't know. I mean, I guess red wine is a pretty sweet choice for blood. I think it's it's. Pretty close to blood, I you feel like. You can't copy Jesus. I can, oh, I can't copy Jesus. Okay, well, rosé. Rosé, then. <laughs> rosé. That's so white, girl. I know. You're like, oh my god, my body's pizza and my blood is rosé. And we're just going to go wild tonight. We're just going to have a last supper that's going to be just the best do it. one. You know what? Just really live it up. <laughs> and then we're all going to get mani-pedis. Oh my god, mani-pedis! <laughs> but then they do the mani-pedi and they accidentally stab through my hand and it's, and it's a whole Christ symbol. But since I like took a break from drinking you know I needed another way to unwind and so I started doing Bikram yoga oh that's awesome like I love it I don't know if you've ever done it but I I practiced regular yoga for years mm-hmm. I started doing regular yoga when I was like 18 and then like there was there was one month when I was 18 and I got so hooked on like regular vinyasa yoga mm-hmm. um, I did it every single day for a month that's awesome. And then I kind of stopped. I think it was like college, right. drinking alcohol probably. And like maybe it was just like you were caught up in like the fad phase of it or whatever. Yeah, it was very trendy. Um, it's still trendy. Right. But, but I think it was having a moment. It was very big in yeah, like 2006, yeah. 2007. Totally. That's when I first moved to New York and like yeah. uh, all my, like I went to acting school and like you had to like take a, an acting yoga class like where it was just like it was just like warm up was what they called it open it was up like, your chakras basically like it was like the start of the day and like the woman who taught it was like a yoga teacher and you would like you would do like running exercises and then you would do like you know some like Pilates-ish stuff and then like go through some yoga poses and it was just like to try to get you engaged in your body and stuff because that's all part of what you're paying stupid amounts of money to have some teachers that don't have real degrees I, I went to like I went to like a really weird school that was like not an actual college it's it's a performing arts uh conservatory which just basically is like a weird like community college for acting kind of thing like I don't have a degree I have like a two-year certificate, certificate for performing arts school so like cool. it, it, it was really fun and it was like super intense and crazy but also it's like just some real unqualified underqualified people just being like we're gonna do yoga and you're paying an insane amount of money to do this right now like you know (laughs) like the most expensive yoga class you've ever taken um you have to fill out fafsa forms to take the yoga class fafsa forms to take a yoga class (laughs) i mean i yeah i but yeah I, i only did in college and then i kind of haven't really kept up with it yeah same like i i kind of fell off and the, uh, there was a period of time where I was trying to get back into it, and maybe I, I didn't like the instructors I was going to, or I didn't like the style, because, like, I was just bored. Like, I tried to do a couple classes when I first moved to New York, and I was just like, this is very boring. Like, yeah. I really just want a beer right now. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You, I think you have to have a good teacher that, like... You have to have a good teacher, but I took one Bikram class, and I was like, oh, I really like this, because it's, like, it's there's no way you can be bored in Bikram, because there's no way you could be perfect at it right every single like the whole point of the practice is to like stretch yourself deeper and deeper and deeper into these same like 26 poses right right and it's yeah. an intense heat your body's like dripping and it's basically like an open eye meditation for 90 minutes that's awesome with a, with a group of people that's awesome yeah well and i think that it's like i think like i like i i 
run like I like to go running and like it's the same thing where it's like when you're so physically engaged and you're like sweating mm-hmm. and you're like it's like your brain just kind of shuts off in a way that it's hard to get it to like at least for me like when I just try to sit there and meditate like and I know that like there's no wrong way to meditate or whatever but I just feel like it's like way harder for me to like turn off the constant just like the worry yeah. yeah no my brain is every second of every single day and again this is why I like to drink my brain, it just, there's like 10 to 11 dialogues going on at once. Like just constant, just memories bubbling up from totally. the surface. Yeah. Uh, thoughts of things I need to do tomorrow. Um, me, like I have intense ADD. I'll be like trying yeah. to have a conversation like this. Like I can do this in my living room. Mm-hmm. But if we were in a bar right now. Oh yeah. We wouldn't get past two minutes. No, I, I would be looking way. around because like the, some loud noise would literally just a loud noise would like distract me, and I'd be like over here now. And then someone would start talking to me. I'd be like, oh wait, I was talking to someone else, and they're gone. Yeah, you know, like or something. It's, or I'm someone's just, trying to tell me like about how they went to some acting school and you know took yoga classes at this acting school, and I'll be like at the bar trying really hard to listen to what the hell this person's saying but like it's so noisy oh yeah and i see someone i know i see a cute dog oh god forbid i see a cute dog right. in public or it's like, like i all hear the, conversation. S- the snatch of a conversation someone else is having and i start listening to that for two seconds mm-hmm. and then i realize i haven't been listening to the thing this person is saying to me and i'm like oh fuck now so, i look rude <laughs> now nod and smile and act like you just heard what they said yeah, exactly. like yeah no i i'm the same way and I, it makes me mm. feel shitty so like i i, I think that like uh, I have, I think I have a similar thing of like ADD. Like if I'm ever trying to do a series of tasks at my house, oh my god, it's always hell. like I do one third of one task, then one totally. third of the next task, then one third. You know, like I'll be like with one shoe on, putting my makeup on, and then like it's like I can't do one thing at a time. It's it's tricky. Mine, <laughs> I feel like when I die someday, they'll be like her entire body of work is partially complete. Uh, (laughs) Would anyone like to finish it? (laughs) Right. Is there anyone available who could finish these things? She started six great American novels. (laughs) (laughs) She has four or five uh, screenplay concepts in her Google Drive. Would anyone like to expand on those? Totally, totally. We will put them up at an auction. Yeah. Okay ideas. I think they could be worked on. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So many, I have so many just like, like, half paragraph descriptions of sketches that I'm going to write later. Whenever I find out someone's like into collecting a certain kind of thing, I want to be like, who hurt you? (laughs) You Totally. It's very, I feel like there's something about collecting that's very like denying death or denying right you um, want something to emptiness like try i think it's it is kind you're of like filling up emptiness and you're making a legacy where yes, it's like it's people legacy people yes. you're gonna leave something behind also people will always associate a thing with you and then like every christmas it's like i got you another lobster thing because you love lobsters so many of my friends moms collect dolls totally what? That oh, is the yeah. scariest, most horrifying. Like, That's, oh, yeah. I can't, I'm not like the porcelain dolls and stuff with like the any little dresses. dolls. They yeah. got little faces and you have, you have more than 20 of them in your house, yeah. like around. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it, I, and I mean, and that. Doesn't that scream abuse? Like, you, I'm just like, really seriously, who are you? Let's have a talk. Well, and I think it is also like, you know, like that sort of like, I'm a woman living in a house where I look pretty and I move around the house and I play the roles and and, yeah. I, and look at these dolls that I'm keeping in this glass cabinet. This isn't a metaphor for my life at all. <laughs> <laughs> I have dolls and they give my life meaning. 
What if I become like that about salt lamps? I, I have thought about getting um, one for my desk at work and then possibly another one like, because this, this one's usually in my bedroom. It's thinking about getting one to stay in the living room. Right. But th- at a certain point, you're like, when do I become salt lamp lady? Right. And then like, who else is going to get me salt lamp? Thing. Yes, and like, when does it end? Yeah, totally. And people already are like, I guarantee you, for Christmas this year, I'm gonna get a lot. I like my friend. She got me um, on my last day at my at my last job. I had uh-huh. my friend got me a little Himalayan salt uh, rock and Aww. some Him- a Himalayan salt scrub. Wow! So that's already happening. Like my birthday's coming up, Christmas is coming up. I'm expecting to get a lot of Himalayan salt related products. Well, I Pretty. think we can all agree, pink is the prettiest color. I mean, it's the color of uh, of womanhood. Like, close your have. eyes and think of the word pretty. Like, I, when I do that, I think of, like, rose. like Or, like, millennial pink. Right, right. If I just imagine the word pretty written, it's in yeah. pink cursive. Totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. Pink, it, pretty in pink, the movie. The Hello. movie. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I think I, think I had, I was, so I was, like, for a long time, I was, like, a tomboy girl who was, like, no, I don't like girl stuff. And so, like. Uh, Sounds like a Gemini cusp. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, but so, like, I, like, never would wear pink or anything. And I've just started to, like, open myself up back to the world of warm colors. Because, like, oh, I, nice. I, think, I mean, I mean you, you see me right now, uh, the audience, for the for the listener, I'm wearing all blue. Um, because I'm still, I'm still not quite there yet. But I do think that, like, I think that, like, it, yeah, like, it's a warm, like, thing that's, like, it totally makes sense that it's associated with, like, femininity and maternity. And I look like, terrible in pink. I never wear pink. I'll, if I do, it's like jewelry or makeup. Yeah. But like my, I'll be honest with you, most of my wardrobe is like navy blue, black, and gray. Yeah. No, I, I, I've started, I, I still don't wear pink, but I will wear like a, a red or a purple more readily Ooh, than red. I used to. Yeah, yeah. I like a nice forest green. Mm-hmm. I can rock a nice I could see that well with your eyes. Yeah. I think that would look nice. For the listener, her eyes are like bluish green. <laughs> it's true. Um, but, yeah, I... Oh, I want to talk about Bikram some more. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Bikram is the one where... Like, because I know there's hot yoga and Bikram. And Bikram is the one where it's like you go through the same thing every time, right? Yes, like, it's okay. the exact same poses. 90 minutes long, very hot. And it's like the the order of the poses like you start off with these standing stretches mm-hmm. and then you move to like these stretches that kind of start to go to the floor and you start yeah. to stretch your back muscles down to the floor and then you end with floor poses right and just like the floor pose part you you like change back and forth between um, doing a pose and then Shavasana. Shavasana is corpse pose for right. those of you who are not yogis. <laughs> That's where you lie on the ground and basically take a nap. <laughs> but in Bikram, you don't close your eyes, so you're not really taking a nap. You're just laying there. But it's amazing because, you, like, the entire time you're doing Bikram, all you're doing is thinking about, like, your posture. Right. What can you be doing to make your posture better in every single position, including Shavasana? And so you're laying there and you're like, you can feel like your joints healing. Like there's like totally. pulsing, like blood is like pulsing towards your tendons and you're just like, you feel very alive. And alcohol for me was always that thing that like kind of le- like 
shut off all the noises in my brain. Right. And ma- like reminded me that like, oh, I'm just a dumb person. Yeah. And Bikram kind of gives me this feeling that I'm just like, oh, like I can feel my blood pumping. Right, right. It sort of like takes that like constant stream of like anxious ego thought mm-hmm. out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, totally. I can see that. I mean like, I think that's... um. That's the beauty of athletic exercise. Like, any kind of, like, anything that, like, gets your heart rate up and, like, gets you engaged physically is, like... I think I used to always think that that was for dumb people. Like, like, athleticism and stuff. No, not I was at like, all. I was like, oh, those are just idiots who don't know how to do anything but lift heavy stuff it's or a whatever. Cr- it's a kind of intelligence. It's, exactly. And I think that I always scoffed at that concept yeah. for a long time until I started to try to actually do... Like I like I was taking dance classes. And oh, it's like, hard, and it's hard as fuck being muscle coordinated. memory. Yeah. yeah, like coordination. Like is so, like I was just like, oh wow, okay, this is like like they say physical intelligence, and I know I scoffed at that for a long time, but like that's like a very you have to engage your whole brain. Like it's like it's not just you're engaging your muscles. It's like you're using your brain to power all of that. And absolutely. Like, and so and I think that that's the thing is like when you it shuts the thoughts off because your brain is like whether or not you think about it 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 is just your legs moving when you're running but your brain is like functioning and like you know calibrating and being like oh this you know pothole is coming up so you're gonna have to go down and half an inch extra or whatever you know like and different exercises work out different things like I find with Bikram, it's it's not like so much coordination right Bikram exercises your focus Mm mm-hmm because you will find that you cannot fully do the postures, especially, like, the balancing ones. Totally. Unless you are 100% focused on, like, the things that you need to be focused on right. to make that posture work. Like, if you start to have those intruding thoughts or whatever, then you totally. fall out of the pose. Yeah, you yeah. Fall. You fall. Totally. You absolutely will. No, that totally makes sense. Like, I mean, it's the same thing when I, would, when I was taking dance classes. It's like... It, even if it was like a routine that wasn't super complicated, if you disengaged from paying attention to what you were doing, mm-hmm. you would fall behind and mess up. And, you know, so yeah, I think it's like that. That's like I've earned a new respect in my life for people who are like very physically gifted, like, like just in terms of like athleticism and stuff. Because I think for a long time I was just like, oh, dumb jocks or whatever. But right. it's like, no, it's totally like a very respectable like other skill that I still Absolutely. am not good at at all but I'm not and I really like I decided this year that I want to get into good physical shape and not like I want to be skinny or I want to lose weight like I want to I want to be like muscular totally yeah I, I want people to like see me in a bikini next summer and be like I'm not getting in a fight with her the way I look right now I'm all right. I'm pro- I'm still within like the healthy BMI range. Right. But like if I gained like 10 more pounds, we'd have a problem. Sure. So, and that's why I'm working out more because I'm like, I don't ever want to get there. Right. Yeah, but, and I think it also gets harder to lose weight the longer you like. I th- From what I understand, it's like the, like the older you get, the harder it is to like bounce back from weight gain like just because your metabolism is slower to like yeah change like oh dude I turned 30 I'm telling you uh, like 29 I was like beer 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 pizza 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 everything's fine yay whoa mm-hmm. woo woo I like maybe go running like two or three times a week I turned 30 and it was like I'm having seaweed paper as a delicacy right now right totally and I have to go run six miles after this yeah yeah it's crazy yeah no I think and so I think that's that's probably like it's smart to like feel like okay 
better late than never, like, get some good, you know, like, routines in place or whatever. Like, that's what I'm, that's really what I'm trying to do. Like, it's just, like, fucking get a routine or two in place that's, like, healthy for myself. Like, like what we were talking about earlier, just time management. Like, like if you can't be, if you can't afford a personal trainer, you'd be your own personal trainer. Right. So, like, my mindset is I tell myself, I'm like, you can't eat this kind of food. Like, you can't have bread today. Right. Or I'll say, like, you have to go to Beaker three times a week. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, like, I have goals in my head. I'm like, I want to be this strong. I want to be this fit and this healthy. But you don't get there if you're lazy right you don't get there if you if you're not proactive and totally. so yeah you, you know you have to be your own parent you have to be your own coach yeah. you have to be your own teacher you have to be your own like that's what being adult an adult is. is yeah no totally and I think like the thing that I the thing I learned I think the thing that I've like taken away from like trying to be healthy the most is the fact that like I always consider doing unhealthy things as treating myself Oh, like, yeah. like I'm going to be lazy and that's a treat. I'm going to, and like not go exercise or I'm going to eat this nasty junk food and that's a treat when like really that's hurting me. That's not Sometimes treating. it's a treat. I mean, it's like psychologically <laughs> it feels good, but I think that like overall in general it's detrimental because it makes me feel good for a split second and then I yeah. beat myself up about it for the next, you know, mentally. True. Whereas if I do something good for myself, if I make a good choice, not only am I like if I eat fucking pineapple instead of chocolate ice cream it's still sweet it still gives me that like ooh, that's a nice treat feeling but also then I feel good about it psychologically afterwards and my body thanks me for it so it's like I have to to treat your body like it's a car like right yeah you could take your car out and um, do donuts (laughs) yeah you can go do donuts in the parking lot and sure it'll be fun or eat donuts in the parking lot yeah no but like you can do donuts in the parking lot but like it's your tires are gonna be messed up totally absolutely and i think it's so it's the same thing it's like retraining yourself to think of going for a run and eating fruit and vegetables as a treat in, a, in the same way you used to associate that with, like, mm-hmm. ice cream and cake or whatever. And I have – I've started treating yoga as a treat. Like, I used to get off work and I would be like, I'm going to stop by the liquor store on the way home and get a nice bottle of rosé. reward myself, yeah. Yeah, get a nice um, red wine. I love red wine. Oh, Me too. I, oh my I want God. one right now. Yeah. But I – you know, the truth is I can't – I'm too my – li- my life is too busy right now. Right to do that right I think a treat the thing about a treat is it has to actually be a treat so like if you want to consider having wine or having chocolate or whatever as a treat it's It's like you do it once a month maybe or something like that you know it's like it's like it's a special thing that you save like you don't get a treat every Friday just for making it it through the week like it makes it more special now when I have a like I had my first glass of wine in like almost three months recently Mm mm-hmm and it tasted like mm, oh my god, it was delicious. I wanted another one immediately, but I refrained. Right, and it was probably easier for you too because you weren't just. It was used still hard. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, but it probably would be easier too than if you had had one one month before or something. You Why know, is like, wine so good? I don't know. I think because it's like the OG booze. Like, isn't it like Ugh. kind of the original? I feel like like I don't know which came first, beer or wine, but I feel like you you know like didn't they reference wine in like the Odyssey and stuff? So I feel like it's like. Maybe there's just some like genetic hardwiring of like it's associated it's with. It's so humanity. good. There's it's like so nothing good. about it. Like yeah, and you know, like with beer, it takes 
you have to acquire that taste. When I first had beer when I was like 18, I was like, well, what's, what's the deal with this? Mm, and you good. get used to it. Yeah, yeah. But like wine, first time I ever had wine, I was like, oh, yeah. Same. No, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I get it. This is like grape juice, but for grown-ups, I got it. Like, it gives me like a nice warm feeling in my head. Totally, totally. Yeah. I mean, because it, it, it is like a little bit higher alcohol content too, so it, like mm-hmm. you feel it almost immediately like when you have... Totally. In the winter, like a little red wine, oof, or a mulled it's like, wine. It's like the Hannah Montana of alcohol, because it's like <laughs> you, get the, you get the immediate buzz of liquor, but it's the drinkability of beer. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, a huge, I'm a huge wine fan. That's probably my favorite, like, drunk, if I'm going to Oh, totally. get drunk on anything. Wine drunk? Just drink a bottle of wine. Absolutely. Wine drunk is, like, confessional. Like, totally. Hold on, wait, Kathy, let me tell you. But, Hold on, let me tell you what like I Like, you can't like. tell anyone, yeah. but... <laughs> um, let me just say that, um, uh, I fucked him. Okay? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You're just like... Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, just, okay, I don't want to say it in so many words, but, uh... <laughs> oh, we had sex. Okay. <laughs> but, intercourse. It was, like, we fucked. <laughs> no, but, like... Yeah, my mom sometimes gets wine drunk like that, and it's really cute. She just giggles a lot, mm-hmm. and then she'll be like, you know what your father used to do that was so funny, and I'm just like, okay, mom. <laughs> All right, we don't need to hear it. You know what? Sometimes I think about, like, when your father and I were still together, and <laughs> I'm just like, nope. Okay, we're done. Shut it down. <laughs> and we're done. Too much honesty for mom. Yeah. No, my mom's like, like, my mom's like, Chelsea and my last Smear. I'm like, oh, and we are done here. Boundaries <laughs> are still needed. Yeah, no, it's cute. My mom is the same way. She's, where she's like, we're just girlfriends now at this age, and it's like there's still some things that need to be holy. Like I remember, oh god, I, I don't think I, I'm not gonna say what I was about to say because I don't know if my mom will listen okay, to this. Okay, fair, fair. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes the overshares will happen. It's, it's kind of adorable though, because like. I, I don't know about you, too, but I've noticed that more and more over the past, like, especially, like, two years, I am my mom. This, this salt lamp is totally something my mom would love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. My mom, I think, already got one. Like, since since I started this podcast, she was like, I should get one of those. <laughs> like, it's right up her alley. Totally. It's, yeah. like, it's like pretty. It's kind of earthy looking. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's positive. My mom's really into positivity. Right. Yeah, yeah. Posy vibes. Dude, my mom, I have a robe, and it is just covered in positive affirmation. <laughs> like, just covered in words. It's like, you go, beauty. girl. <laughs> no, not like that. Like, oh, okay. More like yoga type. Okay. Like, beauty, peace within. Oh, yeah. Love, love. world peace. Right. Right. Yeah. Totally. It's really cute. It's a great robe. Yeah, I love it. No, that sounds good. Positivity robe. Do you have some of the same similar like personality traits that your mom had? At, yeah, at, I think so. Yeah. I mean, well, she said that she started like struggling with depression when she got into like her like late twenties and thirties, and like I've definitely felt an, uh, a swing towards that. My sister and my mom are very similar uh, in their like life choices and patterns that have occurred. I think we need to let those cats out. Okay. Yeah, I was like, like they're trying to kill each other. I'm knocking at the door. Oh God, no problem. <laughs> And then we'll wrap up in a little bit. Yeah, totally. You guys trying to kill each other? Oh, we were going to talk about being cat owners. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I've been here only for a minute. Yeah. Um, so, 
you're also a cat owner like myself. Yes, we both have the same uh, kitty fairy godmother uh, of both of our cats. Um, yeah, so Amy we have Shanker. a mutual Amy Shanker. We have a mutual friend that um, is the cat whisperer of heaven. <laughs> yes. These cats follow her home from the G train and she takes them in and then lovingly gives them to comedians. Yes, she posts very enticing, adorable videos mm-hmm. of them on Facebook that are we were unable to resist and uh yeah so that was what happened with me was just she posted a video of zeke uh which is what we ended up naming him did you have a mice problem too no we did have cockroaches and uh like they had we had mostly dealt with it by the time because we'd already been living in the apartment for a while before we got the cat and like had done you know traps and spray and all the stuff but like they would still show up from once every once in a while and now we never see them so i think that i think that you know he may have contributed to decimating that population a little bit which is great it's like that's hey good. that's that's why i think like originally humans kind of enjoyed having cats around was like oh well they, they'll catch the mice in the barn or whatever no absolutely i haven't seen a mouse since he's joined us and um this is the first time on the podcast that my roommate's cat is also here now we have two cats and so yes. these mice don't stand a chance this winter yeah um, they're a buddy cop duo melanie <laughs> and odin and so, is odin like the the young sort of like inexperienced yeah he's he's like a little bit too wild sometimes and and the older one has to rein him in melanie is the veteran cop and he just got to he just came to the precinct yeah melanie's like uh he's like the uh the lethal weapon, you know, like in Lethal Weapon, he's the um, Danny Glover character. Yeah, totally. Whereas Odin is, you know, the Mel Gibson yeah, he, of the two. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're they're gonna they're gonna like take down these mice. They're really, like, really <laughs> this syndicate of mice. Yeah, and then and then like probably some hilarity will ensue. That's good. That's like good. mutual respect. Odin for a minute there did not respect Melanie and was like hissing at him and stuff. Yeah. So he was like this is my house. Look, he's he knows we're talking about. It. <laughs> yeah, he's coming over. He's gonna, they they hey, are Odin. cute. They're friends. Hey, Odin. They're both good boys. Yeah, oh my god. I love I love owning a cat. I always thought I was going to get a dog. I always pictured myself as a dog person, but it doesn't make sense, I feel like, for my lifestyle. Oh my god, no. Like if you're busy, if you're like working a job and then a side hustle like never home that, like yeah. i mean but at the same time i do feel bad like cats do need some attention for sure well it's nice that you have a second cat now because they'll entertain each other a little bit my apartment's kind of perfect for cats because we have these really nice windowsills like really large ones totally yeah and then this this hallway i feel like is a perfect cat hallway yeah they can run up and down the hall they can jump on the couch yeah and yeah yeah totally like i'm in a I'm in a, like, uh, two-bedroom right now that's, but it's just me and Nasser, and, like, uh, so one of the rooms is just, like, a living room, basically, and, like, uh, and so that's just, like, the cat room. We're just, like, all right, well, if the cat needs to be somewhere where he just is playing and we can close the door and have the rest of the apartment to ourselves, which is nice. How is it um, dating a comedian? I've dated a comedian before, and it, it never worked. <laughs> I, I've dated more than one comedian, like, in the past, but, like, I, it never worked out for me. It do, I don't agree with people saying don't date comics because it definitely works. I think and, it can yeah. work. I mean, it's, it's, we've been together for, like, over two years, and it's going really good, but, like, also we were both, like, pretty new to comedy when we started yeah. going out, so, like, we hadn't had a bunch of people warn us against dating comedians yeah. or anything. And I think, and I kind of was like hesitant to do it because I didn't, 
because I had heard some people be like, oh, don't want to get a reputation for being just like some girl who will fuck comics or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. or whatever. Not that that matters. Like who it fucking doesn't. cares? But yeah. like, but also like, I think I was a little afraid of that because I was just so new in comedy. I didn't just want a bunch of random dudes like fucking hitting on me or whatever. And so like, uh, but then like it turned out that I just like, we, we really just started like just chatting. Like it started as just like us, like. He slid into the DMs, Aww. Uh, and we so we just chatted for a long time before we ever like went out or whatever, and then like so we sort of like laid some groundwork of just like maybe flirtatious, but not it, it wasn't just an immediate like now we're dating or whatever. Yeah. It was like we sort of were like eh, feeling things out for a little and being flirty, and then like eventually that led to some dating and and then some. Now we live together. Sounds and super healthy. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's way healthier than any relationship I've ever been in. Cause I think like, it's the first time I've actually dated someone who was nice. Yeah. Nasser's extremely nice. <laughs> he's like the nicest person. And that was the thing that everyone said when we first started going out that like reassured me was like, oh, he's like the nicest person I know. Yeah. He's and, sweet. Yeah. And like, and like when we started going out, we also like lived like an hour away from each other. Cause, uh, if you, if you don't live in New York and you're listening to this, uh, you can both live in New York city and live fucking forever away from each other because that's like, yeah, very... The kind of distances that, like, like if you were to tell someone in Georgia that you live in Alabama, they would be like, yeah, we're not dating. Yeah. Like, but that's how long... Like, you can get from... Georgia to Alabama in an hour. Right. No, totally. So he lived in Spanish Harlem and I was in Brooklyn. Yeah, And an it hour. was like over an hour on the yeah. train to get to him. And so the fact that we dated for like over a year with that as the like space between us, I think was good because it gave us some distance, but also showed each other like, oh, we really like each other because we're willing to like truck all the way out to fucking the end of the line to like see each other. So like it's, 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 you know, I would say do follow your heart comedians, but also like, uh, I get why people don't want to date comedians. Cause I, I'm sure it can be very messy if you don't go out with the right person and then you're, and I've seen it. I've seen and people then you're, you're and then you're same talking about each other yeah. on stage and the other person's in the audience. I've seen this shit and it's, it's like, awkward. Ugh, it like makes my skin crawl. So like I, there, I, I really just hope that we just stay together forever and none of that ever happens <laughs> because, um, uh, cause it's real uh, awkward, but also like if you're going to date a comedian, date someone nice yeah. because then even if you do end up breaking up, they're not going to be just a total piece of shit yeah, about exactly. it. And so like, I think that was, we did have a conversation at one point when we first started going out where we were like, okay, we're both doing comedy. So like, let's make sure we know that we both just want to be amicable if this ever doesn't work out. And like, and I think that That's like, That's healthy. Yeah. That. Open, communicating. It's, it's so hard to do. And I think that it this is. is the first relationship where I felt like there wasn't just like weird unspoken stuff that I didn't feel like I could say to someone, you know, it's like, it's yeah. nice to be with someone where you really feel like you can like lay all Bounce the cards off on the each table. Other. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's ha- like a good relationship. There's like no awkward pause. Like if there is a pause in a conversation, it's because you both want it. It's thoughtful. Yeah, yeah it's, it's thoughtful not pause. awkward. Yeah. yeah, no, totally. But like, yeah, if you're on a date with somebody and you're having, you're struggling to keep a conversation, like, it should be feel like a question and answer kind right. of thing all the time, like back and forth and back and forth and jest and jest yeah. and jest. And that's how you know you're vibing with somebody is like that's how your conversations go and they don't ever like peter off. Totally. Well, and I think we're very 
we're from very different backgrounds too which i think makes it just like interesting like just being with someone who isn't like i also grew up in the south and i also was christian i also had all these like you know it's like if you if you're if you're with someone who has a little bit of a different story from you there's just a different perspective you're getting all the time yeah absolutely because you'll you'll share something about your past and he'll be like oh yeah mine was like a a bizarro version of that. Right. Here it is. Totally. Because like, it's like we do find these very connecting similarities between us even though we come from different backgrounds and that's, it's almost more meaningful when that Aww, happens. You know, romantic. Yeah, it's nice. Well, do you guys produce a show together? We do, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we plug it up right now. Yeah, let's, uh, let's do the plugs. Yeah, we produce a show together. Uh, my boyfriend Nasser Khan is also a comic and uh, we produce a show at Sidewalk Cafe. It's the third Thursday of every month um, at eight o'clock and you should check it out it's free um great comics on it it's called pancake it's comedy, called pancake right? comedy yes uh, sidewalk cafe is really cool it's in the lower east side yeah. i really like that spot i like it a lot too it's it's we we've had good good luck with it so far it's been a fun show so far so uh definitely check that out uh, i also produce a show that is the fourth wednesday of every month and that is at halyards in brooklyn and that's called park dope hell yeah um so Check those out. Like them on Facebook and stuff, and come see comedy if you're in New York. Um, and go to live comedy shows. Go to and, live and not just go to them. Sit and enjoy them and be present. Well, and if you see, I think I would say if for anyone listening, if you are a, a comedy fan uh, and you don't see a name you recognize on a comedy lineup, don't be don't scared. be deterred by that because these people, you're gonna get to say you knew them when. Yeah, you know? totally. At crappy fumes. Uh, like poop. I um, love that name. It's so funny. <laughs> and uh, and it's the same on Instagram. So so hit it hit it up. Crappy fumes. Crappy fumes. Kathy Humes. Find her on Twitter. Crappy fumes. Yes. I love it. So funny. Yes, indeed. Is, is that your Instagram handle too? It is. Yeah. Crappy fumes. As soon as I realized it wasn't taken on Twitter, I like checked on Instagram immediately, and I was like, <laughs> yes, all right, we're going across the board. Crappy fumes. Crappy fumes. That's like a fancy way of saying farts. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's it's a fart joke, but it's also like a little like you know sophisticated. There's nothing funnier than farts, and I know a billion people in the world have said that at some point, but it's just true. Like the idea of a fart is just air coming out of your butt, and it makes a noise, and it's smelly. Like there's nothing that's not. There's funny. nothing, and like you can tell because like even babies laugh at farts. Yes. Like, it, like it's just a universally acknowledged truth. Yeah. Dude, in yoga, we've been talking about yoga a lot. Like in yoga. That like people will try not to laugh and they'll break and like and lose their balance. <laughs> totally, like, I had to laugh, but dude just farted so loud. <laughs> well, and you're and you're relaxing, so yeah. you're releasing everything. Yeah, totally. God and yeah, farts, man. <laughs> well, we just got really deep on this podcast. We talked about like population. And, I know, like that screenplay that I was working on, and so we we hit it all. We covered all the bases, dude. Um, so. You can have one more interaction with Salt Lamp before you head out. You know, I've heard you say a lot of people lick it. You can just touch it. Is I wouldn't cool? recommend licking it at this point. There's too many licks. Yeah, I, I was a little. I was like a little bit. I was like, if I don't you know feel where. I don't know where it. these comedians' mouths just have like been. I kind of just, just want to feel it. Yeah, see what yeah, it feels. Like. It's it, warm. Okay. Yeah, that it's very warm. All right. Well, thank you, Salt Lamp. My Himalayan song.